0: Before I get started on today's morecast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake & Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the center of the dairy block. Uh, if you like wine, you like the atmosphere of just going with friends to just enjoy a night out, sit around a table, have great conversation, you know, having some wine from Blanchard Family Wines is basically the best option that you can have in Denver. Uh, they got their own vineyards. In Sonoma County, California, plus they have a partnership with a Colorado wine from Grand Junction, so you can get a local flavor, too. Um, It's just great direct-from-vineyard taste. Uh, They have white, red, I mean, Rieslings, uh, Cabernet, they've got uh, basic, well, since their vineyard is uh, in Sonoma County, you know that they specialize in Pinot Noir one of the best places I've gone in Denver to just enjoy the atmosphere. Um, just drift on over after you go to Milk Market and have dinner. Come on over to Blanchard, bring some friends, sit down, have a nice relaxing evening, uh, and you'll really, really enjoy it. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. They are once again located between 18th and 19th in Blinkenwazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coorsfield, Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, Folks, Charlie and Dick Monfort were never supposed to own a baseball team. Never intended to own a baseball team. Never wanted to own a baseball team. But by 1992, they suddenly found themselves part-owners of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, This happened after the original majority owners of the team, uh, Mickey Monas and John Antonucci, who ran a company called Farmore, um, were indicted for embezzling. And uh, a member of the original ownership group, Jerry McMorris, had to scramble to find another majority partner. So he sauntered up to Greeley and basically had to beg uh, Charlie and Dick Monfort um, and their father to join in with the Colorado Rockies. Um, Charlie and Dick Monfort are not rich. Uh, well, they're, they're wealthier than you or I, but they're not rich as far as Major League Baseball owners go. Um, they slowly took control of the Colorado Rockies, and, and starting in the year two thousand one, uh, when Jerry McMorris's uh, trucking empire fell in dire straits, and they bought up more and more, pushed Mel McMorris out to the point where by two thousand five, Jerry McMorris was no longer part of the Colorado Rockies. Um, look, Jerry McMorris is a very flawed man, very flawed owner, but he was generally liked and um there is a reason he was highly and notably mentioned in Todd Helton's uh, retirement speech and the more and the Monforts not so much. But that's between Todd Helton and the Monforts. There is an interesting history with Colorado Rockies and a series of extremely infuriating decisions have been made over the years. I'm not going to go through all of them, but anyone who is a Rockies fan has experienced the just the out, outright pain that sometimes it is for decisions that are made that seem to come out of nowhere. There's a little bit of the, the reality of the situation is that baseball in Colorado is difficult, um, always will be. Um, until they, unless they get a domed stadium, where they can control the atmosphere. Honestly, it's just it's going to be the same, um, and especially during the extremely hot summer days in Colorado, the balls dry out, and that's really the is the big problem with baseball in Colorado. Is that once you get into the into the summer, it's hard to keep things moist enough to where they break on a pitch. Um, because it is so dry, and that dry air just completely changes the colorature of the baseball. But outside of that, the, the Rockies have, you know, aside from management, which is will always be a constant complaint with uh, particularly Dick Monfort, now that Charlie has uh, taken a back seat uh, years ago, um, is that the Rockies just seem to, when they're on the ascendancy, make perplexing decisions that undermine everything they did. Um, one of the more frustrating years was uh, 2010, after the uh, the year they uh, won an insane amount of games uh, through the last three quarters of the season to make it uh, as the wildcard team. They won 90 92 games that year, I believe, and uh, they were 92-70 and that year, and the Rockies just came in on momentum. They lost to the Phillies in the first round. Next year, 2010, they start the first three quarters of the year great. They were, I believe, leading the National League West in September and then fell off a cliff. Um, just like one of the worst months of of Colorado baseball that's ever been seen, completely lost the wheels came out off completely, didn't even make the playoffs, and from then out it was sub- each year was subsequently worse. Till about two thousand sixteen seventeen, it was bad five year stretch, and more than the fact that the, the Rockies seem to have. This, they, I mean, every team goes through losing cycles. Now, it's particularly in baseball with no salary cap, you really are up against it against bigger market teams who can pay. It's just the way it is. Um, you just can't. It's the reality of the situation. However, Kansas City has managed to win a title, and they're a smaller market than Colorado. So just throwing that out there. Um, there are ways to get around... Um, cap issues, there are ways to do that. Unfortunately for the Colorado Rockies, um, I said cap issues, there is no cap, but there's a way to get around financial constraints with a good farm system and cultivating players and stuff like that. But the Rockies, as of late, have done something that... I, going all the way back to Todd Helton, basically, have, you know, even Larry Walker in 2004 have a way of antagonizing their players to a ridiculous extent. Um, and notably, most notably, with Troy Tulowitzki and the way that Jeff Breidich handled his trade situation. Um, but even above that, talking about the Rockies of late, the last couple, week or so, trade rumors... For Nolan Arenado, who signed an extension last year, and um, inexplicably sending Trevor Story to arbitration over a $750,000 difference in salary, which is insanely petty, is one of those, I think maybe the, the you could maybe justify it. By saying they want to work out a long-term deal with Trevor Story, but sending a player to arbitration over what amounts to pennies is is a bad look, and I'm sh- sure as hell the player doesn't respect it uh, and thinks that it's a bad idea. I, I mean, let alone the thinking about what the fans think of the, that. Sending Trevor Story to, to arbitration over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, especially a player as good as Trevor Story, is completely nuts. And it makes you wonder what the hell they're doing. The Rockies took the good vibes of consecutive playoff years in two thousand seventeen and eighteen, and turned it into an extremely disappointing, calamitous season last year when they were in seventy one games, and turned that that into an off season where you get Nolan Arenado trade rumors and an arbitration with your second best player uh, over chump change. On the other side of that, you have this ongoing, extremely large project that is going on across the street. Uh, It's going to be this baseball experience thing. And undoubtedly, undoubtedly, it will make the Montforts money. I mean, it's, it's just, there's just no doubt about it. The question is whether the cost of building that thing is uh, how much is it? I should put it you that way. How much is this costing? And how much is it draining a not wealthy uh, Montforts to, to build? It is, a, it is a strange situation that, I, that hasn't been addressed. Add on to that, in late September, I believe, maybe early October, the Rockies re-upped their deal with AT&T, Wright's deal, which almost assuredly was a bad deal. Um, sources have been telling me, a couple different sources have been telling me, that the Rockies were spooked by what's going on with Altitude and the Nuggets. Not taking it into account that the Nuggets uh, situation, the Nuggets and Avalanche situation is much different because that is, they are their own RSN. They are their own regional sports network. It is not the same as owning rights. Rights is a different issue. You can shop rights. You aren't linked to AT&T. And the Rockies just randomly taking what is, like I said, almost surely a bad deal to stay with AT&T probably didn't get them more money and was, by all intents and purposes, probably a bad decision. So, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're antagonizing the public with what you're doing with Trevor Story and what you're doing with Noah and You are not exactly raking in money from bad rights deals, And you have an enormous project opening up across the street that no one knows how much costs. You add that all in to the fact that they haven't spent a dime on free agency and you think that maybe there's something wrong here. The reason you think that maybe there's something wrong here is the fact that the Rockies are horrible, absolutely horrible at communicating. All right, it leads people... Like Woody Page today in his column to wildly speculate about what is actually going on, because largely that's the Rockies' fault. They don't communicate with us, and they don't, and they do it in an aloof manner, and that's largely due to Dick Monfort not exactly being baseball savvy, and Jeff Bratich and his. Uh, you need to be a rocket scientist to understand uh, the nuances of baseball position, which another thing that turned people off. So all of this is going on at the same time, and it makes people wonder what the hell is going on, rightfully. And it centers around antagonizing needlessly the players, and antagonizing the public. Because the Rockies, as pointed out in a couple columns today, count, they count on people just kind of just showing up anyway. And in re- the reality is, the Rockies have a captive audience in the summer. They're the only sport that does so. The other three are winter sports. Um, until ba- until basketball and uh, hockey basically get to playoff time, there you have a brief overlap there, but in the summer, that is baseball, and they count on not people not being able to, you know, just going down to the park, you just they just like, like, oh, you know what, I'm out tonight, the, the tickets are cheap, I'm going to go to Coors Field and catch a Rockies game. And that's what they count on. And people kind of bristle against that sort of thing. I think the Colorado baseball public is more savvy than that. But there is a large amount of casual people here in Denver. And the transient public has has definitely influenced the way that people appreciate a night out. And a lot of that can include a cheap ticket to a Rockies game. They count on that. So as long as this vicious cycle keeps going on, the lack of accountability will happen. The Rockies had a great couple of years and then a completely inexplicable 2019. Of which Jeff Breidich somehow deflected all blame and put it on players. Okay, that's fine. But you made no moves. If you're going to put all the onus on the players, make some moves, trade some players, do some deals. He hadn't even done that. And then, your best player, one of the best players in franchise history, is suddenly rumored to be traded. And then, your second best player is getting quibbled over, over seven hundred and fifty grand. Is there anything more infuriating than that? And it stems from a, a ownership that had to be cajoled into owning the Rockies, and then suddenly understood that there was money to be made, And that's a toxic situation. And this could all be made better if the Rockies were better at communicating with the public. They are not. Um, And this aloof, we're above it all thing uh, is not going to work anymore. Particularly with the uh, proliferation of social media. Uh, It's just more and more. And the, 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 the Rockies just can't get away with it. And hopefully, hopefully something will be addressed, but I doubt it. I doubt this this management structure gives a shit, to put it bluntly. And maybe over the course of time they will learn it. The only way you can really learn it is by fans not showing up. And let's face it, I, I, it's not going to happen. <laughs> fans will still come. It's baked into the way it is. It's just not. It's not a situation where uh, you can go say, "Well, the fans need to protest." It's just. It's just not going to work. People spend their money the way they spend their money, and nor should anyone tell them how to spend their money. But since that is the situation, how what's going to happen? They kind of count on people showing up. People should be uh, like holding the Monforts accountable. Like, how much is that project across the street affecting the way? That you are approaching free agency, the way you're approaching trades, the way you're treating Trevor Story, or Tony Walters, for that matter, who's getting quibbled over, over $500,000, even less, but he's not the star that Tra- Trevor Story is. Why aren't people asking the questions, how much is that project across the street costing you? It seems like maybe that would be the obvious place to go. But until the questions are asked by Rockies Media, we won't get there. And until Rockies Media are able to ask those questions, we won't know. There is less than a month, or probably right about a month, till spring training starts, pitchers and catchers report. In that month between here and now, it's time for the hard questions to be asked. Will anyone ask them? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CCN Network. I thank you all for joining me. And I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.